broadcasting from the greater Philadelphia area and various locations across the U.S., this is Unofficial Remote. The good, the not so good, the glorious, and the bull. Real talk about working remotely. And we are your hosts, Jeff and Kim. That was a perfect opener, pouring a little drinky <laughs> while we're uh, starting the show. So welcome back to uh, Unofficial Remote. My name is Jeff, joined as always by Kim. Hello, Kim. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. We had a little bit of a break there. We did. But uh, we're back, kind of refreshed, recharged. I suppose yeah. we should have probably said we were going to be, it's kind of unintentional, but we probably said we should, probably should have said we were going to be gone, but I It was an unofficial break. Right, there you go, unofficial, <laughs> so no notification needed. <laughs> We're unofficial, so, you know, you don't like well it. Well played. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking today about uh, some changes with remote companies, maybe some opinion changes, yeah, personality some changes. Awareness. Yeah, awareness. awareness. Changes. Yeah. yeah. So the last time, one of the last times we talked, we were talking about that it's hiring season, which is usually the mm -hmm. case during the first quarter of any year you know, people, their budgets are all kind of squared away. You start to see those job boards start to fill up with remote positions. So when you and I first started kind of having this conversation, you know, you know way back when, um, you know, it was a, it was very competitive. When you saw a remote position right. come available, you were no longer competing against just, you know, the folks in your town or in your state or in your city. You're competing against people with similar skill sets around the world. And, and you had to jump on it quick because those things closed quick yeah those those job postings were only open for a couple of days because they were interviewed yeah. with hundreds and hundreds of, of resumes um that is now changing so and we kind of started to see that shift we kind of knew it was coming but we're starting to now hear that from founders so there's a really great podcast out there uh, called um rogue startups two founders and it's a podcast for uh, other founders and they were talking about this you know kind of what they're finding while hiring is that remote is no longer the selling point it it once was to attract really great talent you know if you put that remote stamp on there people were you know climbing climbing all over each other to get their resume in yeah. they were hiring people to write resumes for them to be able to be yeah. competitive <laughs> you know for these roles because it was just, they were they're they're just coveted or they were coveted no longer the case because either companies are now completely remote and have no intention of returning or they had now had the experience of being remote. They know how to do it, how to go about it. They know it works and they offer the option. Right. So that remote status of a position is no longer enough to attract that talent in. So even our conversation now has to change because we've been doing the tips and tricks of how to you know make yourself you know, more desirable or, you know, to get through to that interview, you know, let alone get the job. Yeah. Thinking of that's true. Thinking about it from our viewpoint was, yeah. So competitive, you're going to need to know, make sure your shit's in order. And while you still have to do that, it's like, well, maybe some of it, not so much now, because you can kind of pick and choose if you have even a minimum skill set. Yeah. And, still you know i think we're still going to need to be strategic and how to stand out from a crowd 
Um, right. Especially one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot is our backgrounds are very unique and also our ages. You know, we're not fresh out of school. We're not coming, you know, to them with computer science degrees on our resumes or anything like that. Um, but that almost, I feel like played in our favor, you know, that kind of gave us an advantage because yeah, SaaS companies where they want those folks with computer science degrees, the folks that are customer facing, they know that the customer facing uh, group is not made up of, you know, that demographic, that age group that they have customers across every type of demographic and they're in all different parts of the country and that, you know, our generations speak or communicate and relate to each other in different ways. And they need that. And they know how important that is to represent that uh, in their, in their teams. Yeah. I think we mentioned that too. It was like, weren't they considered soft skills, but we were arguing they're hard skills. Yeah, because you can't you can't learn soft skills. Yeah, you know, it's and uh, there's I just saw a headline recently. There's no such thing as soft skills. I was like, finally, yeah. <laughs> somebody gets it. There is no spoon. <laughs> but too, yeah, I think the advantage for us coming from working, you know, in the real world, or you know, in jobs, <laughs> customer facing jobs where you're actually dealing with people and knowing how to deal with people. Because customer service is definitely, you got to know how to deal with people and how to interact online now. So I forgot where I was going with that, but. Because, <laughs> sometimes it's a skill set that folks just don't have. And you can, yeah. if, if you've ever had to open up a ticket or contact a company and you're using maybe uh, chat support, it does not take long to figure out that that person either has or doesn't have, you know, or lacks those skills. And yeah, because the person on the other end of it may not have as many many skills either. So the slightest, you know, emoji or something like that can set somebody off too. Yeah, you know. I've actually. Had a couple Why are you sending me a smiley face? This is serious. <laughs> <laughs> Emojis can they they can confuse and stuff. I did have a, I just had a recent uh, experience reaching out as a customer to a company trying to accomplish a very simple task. Like, look, I just need to be able to have this go from this location on my screen to this location on my screen based on this action. And being the person that I am and in the field that I am, I know how to communicate that succinctly, let's say. Right. <laughs> well, 48 minutes later in chat support, they finally oh. got it. It wasn't easy. There were many screenshots exchanged. <laughs> But it was really, and how unfortunate because I was contacting customer support for one of the largest help desk companies uh, in the world, most commonly used by SaaS companies. So, oh my. you know, but it's just, it's just one of those things where it's, you know, active listening skills and that sort of thing. But right. that remote piece is no longer the, you know, the brass ring, you know, it's, it's not the, yeah. um, it's not as coveted as it once was. So if you are, you know, if you're not a founder, that can really be beneficial. You know, that really, you, you know, if you're bringing something to the table, they're going to be looking for it as opposed to you doing every song and dance you need to do to be able to highlight right. it, spotlight it and magnify it and amplify it. And um, that sort of thing. They're actively looking for those certain, uh, those attributes, but these founders are, they're finding that remote is not attracting the talent that it once did. And that, you know, 
then having to look at well, what do we do? You know, so what's the answer to that? How do we now make ourselves stand out to attract good talent? You know, is yeah, it's it, kind of reversed itself. Yeah. yeah. Like the, like the housing market. Kind of the other thing. It's like no longer yeah. a seller's market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, I got a bidding war going on over here. Like, what do you got? Are you going to pay for my Netflix? Well, I'll, they're going to pay for Netflix and my Spotify premium. Are you going <laughs> to, <laughs> do I get an extra week's paid vacation? Well, they, sorry. They offered, you know, unlimited pay time off. Um, oh, wait, you don't have a home office allowance. Oh, Okay. Oh, I'll get 300 from this company. Hmm. Yeah. And they're sending me a MacBook and a standing yeah. desk. So, hmm. But not only that, you know, they're also having to look at how to keep the talent that they have because we're all quickly yeah. aware that we have options. Um, yep. Retention is a big one now. Yeah. And they know it costs a lot when you have somebody on your team resign to replace them is costly and very disruptive, especially these SaaS teams. A lot of them are very small. I'm talking like less than 10 people. You have one person yeah. resign. That's super disruptive to the entire team. Um, especially with those small companies, they tend to wear many hats. Yes. So. Yes. So having things in place, you know, so that nobody is able to silo information. So if somebody else kind of walks into that position, being able to, where's it documented? Do you have an internal knowledge base where that, you know, somebody new can kind of come in and refer to, um, you know, but that's the founder's problem. I'm talking about like for us, we have options, yeah. you know, we really yep. um, have options and need to, I don't, I don't know that we need to figure out a way to, I don't like that idea of being manipulative. Like, well, you know, I got options, don't you? So you better set up your game because, you know, yeah. I don't well, There's nothing wrong with negotiation. I mean, and before, right. like you said, there was no room for negotiation before. It's like, oh, I'll take it. Whatever. You were just happy to have a seat at the table. Care. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And now you can kind of look at, you have options, especially if any kind of, you know, experience at all online, customer support or any other kind of remote work. You know, it doesn't take much experience in that realm because it's so new. So, oh, you got a year? Oh, okay. Let me look at this one. Yeah, you're, you're OG if you have a year. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> any of our folks that are out there that have been working remotely, you know, prior to COVID too, you would be shocked to know how big of a deal it is on a resume. Like, you're not new. You're not like the un member of the unexpected remote. Like, we've been doing this. Yeah. Like, we were part of those original folks that kind of laid the groundwork and figured out how to make it work and, you know, fucked up a few places and figured out what, how it doesn't work, you know, <laughs> like the downside, yeah. but, um, but we do have options. And um, so I think, you know, I don't know how that's going to shake out, but I think we're going to start to see founders um, do even more than what they were doing before to attract and keep uh, good talent. So I think that's going to be, things be really interesting. And I would like to say that we're going to see that reflected in salaries. I know that that's the case with developers. So developers of right. you know, engineering and developers, they're able to command a, a higher salary. They already are just in the last two years. Um, the, you know, the average salary for those folks has, has increased substantially. I cannot say that the same is true for the customer facing crowd. Those of us that are, you know, creating the tutorials or doing the webinars or doing the interviews or writing knowledge base articles or you know, replying in support. Um, I don't know that that's true for those folks yet. Which, which really kind of grates on me because mm. 
that's really, that's what the customer sees. They can make or break your churn, you know, your retention of your customer base. Your customer support is the face of the company, basically. And you need to make sure that, that they're taken care of because if they don't, you know, you don't care about them, they're not going to care about you. Yep. That paycheck goes, and That's right back to the soft skill, hard skill part, though. Yeah, there yeah. has this this lingering and not anywhere near the case that it was five years ago, but this just this lingering thought that anybody could do it, you know, any, yeah, right. any engineer yeah. could do it, any developer could do it, anybody off the street could, you know, I just respond to tickets. It's not a, that big of a deal. You're just, you know, you're just exchanging. Oh, let me send you a twenty dollar headset and uh, oh, you got a computer. Okay, right. you're good. But now you get a notepad and a pen. But now we do no see founders and the people that are making the decisions understanding that not just even customer facing, but customer support as a revenue channel, not a, or a revenue center, not a cost center. That's what it used to yeah. be looked at. We we put money into support because we've got people that got tickets. So we've got to get that shit fixed. That's a cost center. You're just putting money into that. It doesn't affect the bottom line. No, no, not the case. We now know that customer experience is the differentiating factor for companies in the competitive landscape. That's all going to come down to your customer facing people. No, not everybody can do it. No, not everybody should be writing a knowledge article. No, not everybody right. should be responding to a ticket. That's not as it's, it is a very specific skill set that can be done. And if done well, turn a support center into a revenue center. You know what else is, uh, I was just thinking about when you were saying that is the other aspect of that is where does your application need to go? Well, who better to tell you what you should focus on and, from a developer realm <laughs> or a product design or development than the people that deal with the customers every day and are hearing what they want. You're hearing, you have this resource and you better take advantage of it because if you don't, you know. Are you trying to say that that is... doesn't happen, Jeff? Are you trying to say <laughs> that the product team doesn't first turn to the customer facing folks for direction and guidance as to what that is important to their users? I'm going to answer that with a... <laughs> A phrase that the uh, one of my favorite uh, comedy groups, the Tenderloins, use. You may have, you know, um, we'll probably have to edit right here because I'm trying to think of their name. <laughs> Impractical jokers. Yep. Somebody says something, and they'll go, "Well." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I think we've both seen that. You know, yeah, it's it, exactly what happens. Yeah, it, it just it just goes right back to that soft skill, hard skill. Anybody could do that, but my time is better spent doing this customer facing job. But if I had to, I could totally just turn around and do that. Yeah, you, <laughs> you totally could. Sure, and watch that show right up in your MRR. Let me know how that works That's out. That's the for definition you. of a shit show, right there. That is it. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, I'm very. I consider myself very fortunate. So um, as I've mentioned before, I recently, uh, almost three months ago now, in the middle you know, of a pandemic, uh, changed jobs and uh, finding myself now amongst this fantastic team. But my CEO is very unique in that sense that he's, you can see where he once thought that anybody could do it, whatever. Uh -huh where he really sees that as a very specific skill set, an area of expertise um, 
that people that have worked in that and know it well and know how to really kind of just cultivate it and grow it, that they need to have ownership over that and everybody right. else, you know, and, and also turning to that team for insight. It's, it's fascinating. And I've, you know, it's, I've only been there 90 days. So to me, it's still fascinating. It's fucking fascinating. Um, <laughs> to, to, to it's see happening that. too, where, where I am now, it's, it's been a nice change that that has become kind of the norm. What are you guys hearing? Let's figure out how we can incorporate that in. You know, it's not always, not in every aspect, but it's definitely improving and it's uh, gotten a lot better. That's great. That's really, that's amazing. Um, I would, I would really track that really track, yeah. like document that kind of stuff where you have seen the product or the customer facing team, you know, consulted and track the outcome. You know, when you're measuring the success of a new product release or feature release or whatever, track that and um, see if you can't pin down like those milestones along the way of, of how that differed from maybe another yeah. time where, that team wasn't consulted. Because yeah, now we're, you know, like you, you'd mentioned, uh, you know, your, what was the phrase you used? You're at the table, you got a seat at the table. And so now we're seeing, we're getting more, we're getting seats at, you know, more tables in all this, this whole process. And so. Invited, not having to shoulder right. your way in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not having to force an issue. Look, look, why aren't we doing this? And then keep updating a certain with a certain software that we use to update our user suggestions and that sort of thing. Now it's like, yeah, you're, you're sitting at the table, you free to voice your opinion, you know? So it's nice. It's a nice change, That's, but yeah, you, there can always be more obviously. But, but, you know, I'm concerned for those founders that are not seeing yeah. the applicants and the candidates kind of coming in that they had hoped because remote doesn't attract. And then, especially for those customer facing folks, just checking off boxes, just getting, you know, getting butts and headsets or heads and headsets. Um, yeah. I, I think that's going to be a problem at, at one point in time uh, for the, for the founders and the companies that do that. I think we're going to see, you know, CX customer experience being the differentiating factor on that competitive landscape. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We're going to see that become an even greater differentiating factor as we see, the customer facing roles, not given, uh, you know, the, the weight, you know, not recognized in the way that they should be. So we'll, we'll have to see how that, that, uh, that shakes out, but I did not see that coming that the, you know, founders kind of coming to that, uh, that realization, like, Oh shit, you know, remote isn't coveted. It's the norm. Now. Yeah. What's well, a pleasant surprise. It's like, okay, it is. you know, buy buyer's market. Like you mentioned real estate before, well, it's a buyer's market now. Yeah. How long that will last, we don't know, but take advantage of it while you can, obviously. Yep. And that's, I am hearing that they don't feel like that's going to go anywhere. That the this remote is not going to be, you know, yeah. a fringe benefit or, you know, have that coveted status that it we were kind of wondering that too. How long is this going to last? I mean, is this going to go back to, you know, status quo, but it doesn't, I mean, the stuff we're reading and stuff, it's like, more and more companies are nope, remote. Yep. We were talking about um, whether or not they would. And all these companies kind of come into that realization when they were forced into you know working remotely, like, oh my yeah. God, this, this really works. And then at some point in time, you have to evaluate is it, the cost of returning to a co-located office, 
how much sense does yeah. that make? And actually, in that in that episode I, I mentioned, they were talking about uh, a particular company. I think he said it was like a mining company of some kind, but it was the the uh, they were discussing the most uh, costly parts of running the business, and mm -hmm. the first was uh, I can't remember if it was equipment or people, so paying salaries, but the second was maintaining the buildings. It was it was the yeah. offices. It was the lease, and ha you you can't write that off the same way that you can equipment. You know, so you write that off on your taxes in a depreciating kind of way, or what? I don't understand all that part. Sort of do. But, yeah, you get long term benefits with the depreciation, right? But, but when you're paying a lease, when you're maintaining that, and then for everybody that's in your building and having to maintain the HVAC and all of the things that go along with that, and electrical bills come in every month, the insurance, you know, all of these insurance. different things. Yeah, when you have now proven that remote work works and contributes to the bottom line the cost savings depending on the kind of company you are are astronomical if that if you can take right. the second most costly component and pluck that right out of your budget and not have it it's um that's huge yeah but i had i hadn't really thought about it in in the sense that it would remove remote as that the status symbol that it is uh, when you come across that in a in a job posting that they're all I know, that's still kind of shocking to me you know even after hearing you saying it it's like wow this isn't special because it still seems pretty special to me i mean i can't imagine doing anything else i'm just i just feel lucky every day and i'm sure you do too that you're able to do a job remotely but okay yeah maybe it's not as like it was you know? when you start interacting with folks you know after after we're able to come together again and chat it up in the grocery store, you know, after we don't have masks on, you'll see right. <laughs> that when you mentioned it, you know, you had that conversation, oh, well, what do you do? That I work remotely or I work from home. The face doesn't change. You're like, oh, like, tell me more about that. That's fascinating. Right. That's I, yeah. I don't see that same reaction um, from folks anymore. Yeah, it's not so unique. Mm -mm. Where before yeah, it was like, oh, really? That must be, you know. Mm -mm. Yeah, that was about a year ago. Yeah. You know, less than a year ago. Yep. Roughly that. Yeah, it's changed. It didn't take long to change either. Nothing, oh, remote, like, a, yeah. nothing oh, like a I pandemic to shake things up a bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of expedited that. that little process. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a shout out, I was going to mention this to you earlier. This is a Chardonnay. I came across this. Uh, so everybody knows I live like right in the, the Philadelphia area. This is a Chardonnay by, uh, it's called Broad and Patterson. So this is a, oh yeah, a, a, just a, an intersection in the city of Philadelphia. I like the label. Me too. Little map there, street map. It is amazing. Not much knocks my socks off when it comes to a Chardonnay. Um, but this I really, like it. it's a screw top. Yeah, me too. And everybody's always like, I mean, oh, I don't know why anybody uses, yeah, I don't know why anybody uses uh, corks. Oh, oh yeah. Then you had to show me the back label. Thank you. Yeah, well, like proceeds uh, go to uh, just a just a Philadelphia Eagles and Philadelphia related kind of charity. But okay. Holy Toledo! Not much. Not. I thought we were doing that to like dig at me. As a oh no! Yeah, because it does have the oh, Eagles. Look at the uh, Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so benefits the uh, Eagles Autism Foundation, but oh nice! I, I'm telling you, I so I went to that same store. This was the other day, and it was on sale for like ten ninety nine a bottle. So I like threw my body on there top of that part of the shelf. So when I knew we were getting together today, I was like, well, I'm going to grab me a bottle of Broad and Patterson. 
Uh, but yeah, oh, there you go. So yeah, remote not nearly as unique. Um, doesn't carry that same weight. Don't feel like that's going to fill in the void when you need to make a conversation with people at a you know a party or something like that. Like it used to be, couldn't you know you could chat about that and you were sure to have an in conversation. Nope, no longer works. Not a big deal anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, still kind of along those same lines, you and I were talking earlier about ongoing learning and all the different options right. that we're seeing. Yeah, you can do some stuff to really pad your resume. Yeah. Well, not so much pad. I guess pad has kind of a different connotation, but to increase your chances, I suppose. You know, add to your skill set because yeah. that's always helpful. Ongoing learning, expanding those skills is so, uh, it just really goes a long way. And we've seen a lot of really neat opportunities kind of um, uh, roll out pretty recently. So I was hoping we could talk Yeah, you about told me about one. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into that because that all kind of ties in. I did want to kind of circle back really quick, though, about that salary piece and how we hope to be able to see the, you know, Netflix and, and the Spotify premium, that's not going to attract the talent anymore. And how I'm hoping that we're going to see that reflected in salaries. There was some interesting news that came out in the last week or so. Uh, Spotify, which is, you know, they, right. they I do not believe they were fully remote before. They are remote now. There was news that came out that they will be offering their folks uh, salaries based on the price of living in San Francisco and New York City, regardless of where they choose to live, which, of course, is a we bit opposite from what we saw big companies like Facebook do when they decided they would continue to offer uh, ongoing remote. They said they were going to, re you know, reduce salaries of people that moved from the San Francisco area, which was absolutely yeah, Facebook. Like, oh, come on. So really? grimy. So fucking grimy. Not surprising, it, not shocking, but still so fucking such grimy. Bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, I see that that's Spotify, the work from anywhere distributed program it looks like yep so yeah. their salaries are going to be nice. based on that that cost of living in san francisco and new york city regardless of where you live and i think that is going to be amazing in multiple ways same kind of thing yeah. that we're talking about with uh tulsa remote so those cities that are kind of trying to entice folks to come live there for right. a period of time injects revenue into the community into the infrastructure this is the same sort of thing if you are making a salary based on New York City's cost of living, and you move to North Carolina, mm -hmm. holy crap, what you can do yeah. with that salary in North Carolina, and then infusing that community with this additional revenue is just right. really, um, I think it's going to benefit many communities that that could use it. I think it's, it honors the work of people that are doing the work. And I, th I think it's the right thing to do. non there's been a lot more cities that have kind of jumped onto that. Hey, come work here if you're a remote worker. And also Tulsa Remote, which maybe we can talk about in the next episode, they've kind of upped the ante a bit by changing their program a little. So it's very interesting what they're doing now. That came through my news right. feed. Are they, are they offering benefits for people to buy? Yeah. So, yeah. So what they're doing now is you can actually take, um, you know, it's $10,000, you get a, a certain amount at the beginning, you get a monthly, and then you get a certain amount at the end. But you can actually take um, take that money and use that towards a down payment uh, on a house in Tulsa. So it's not like you have to wait for a year to get all of it. You can 
you know, use use that as a down payment, which is a big, big change. Yeah. You know, so we'll have to talk more. Maybe we can get somebody from Toast Remote on here to talk about that. Yeah, that would be great. Weeks, but yeah. And just like for the record, I don't I don't subscribe to their newsletter. That came through my Google News feed. So they're oh, they nice. are really doing well kind of promoting that and marketing that to, to yeah. the masses. So yeah, we have a Slack channel for all the Tulsa Remote people, and it uh, just came through last week. It was like, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday or something. So they're getting the, getting the word out. Very cool. But, Very cool. So back to the ongoing learning. There are just endless different courses that are offered for free. You know, if you're in, you know, if you're, if you're coming to the SaaS space or remote work, maybe you have a background in copywriting and you're looking to move into UX oh. writing specifically. There are courses, free, there are free courses that are out there for UX writing. There are Slack groups for UX writing. Seek out these opportunities. Yeah, I think you got me into the Slack stuff and it's, man, what a wealth of knowledge. It's, yeah. I got you just do a little searching on Slack or about Slack channels and stuff and you can find so much free information. Yeah. And the people that join those groups, they join with the expectation that they're going to be exchanging. So it's just yeah. a constant exchange of information so much. So sometimes it's kind of a little overwhelming. So thankfully, you know, Slack has a decent uh, search option. But um, there, yeah, there are some really great groups that are out there. But even bigger than that, like very well tailored courses and specifically certification programs, which is something I really yeah. want to make sure we touch on. If you can find Google has a great one, oh, man, Google. So think with Google it's free. If you go to thinkwithgoogle.com, they have just over the last year, they have launched uh, just a variety of different programs. So of course they're going to have programming, uh, that sort of thing, but they also have, uh, you know, CX UX types of customer facing, uh, like design courses. So if you are already in a customer facing role, you want to expand into something like design or marketing, it is yeah. all there, but those certifications, I'm telling you, you get those suckers on a resume, especially oh, from yeah. Google, goes a long way. Yeah, and it's free. So like right now they have IT support, IT specialists troubleshoot problems so computers and networks run correctly. It's a free course, you get certified, and then they have data analytics, project management, and UX design coming up in March. So we'll link to that in the show notes too, but. Yeah, it's a fantastic program. It give you hard skills there. You can, and they even give you like median salary for it and all kinds of information. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And then there are other types of courses as well. So if you're looking to get into something like programming or writing code, um, I highly recommend yeah. Kaggle, uh, K as in Kim, A-G-G-L-E. Is a really great uh, program, but there are coding schools that are oh, yeah. that are free. I like Kaggle; they have a like competition. So even if you're a beginner, as you start to learn, a, you know, if you want to go in, I want to learn how to write this type of coding language. They'll have competitions and and hackathons. So even if you're brand new, being able to immediately oh, just cool. take these very basic skills and apply them like on a team effort, it's just really neat how they are able to kind of guide their, their, uh, I guess, students. Really, really neat programs that are out there. 
Yeah, who else do we have? We have yeah, there's all kinds of coding academy. Even before I got the the job where I'm at now, I was kind of thinking about that because I've you know always been into computers and stuff, and they have different code academies in a variety of cities more so now. But you can even do those online, and it's just a hands-on type of work. They even have job placement, those sorts of things. But you know, usually those some of those are uh, paid. But I know there's a lot of free resources too. We'll link to some of them, but yeah, a lot of customer-facing folks like to follow Jeannie Bliss, uh, B-L-I-S-S. She's got an excellent, excellent podcast, uh, Customer Bliss. Uh, she's just a leading voice, very influential in the CX space. She has a customer-driven growth course that's free, um, and you know, just even mentioning that you even follow her podcast can go a long way in an <laughs> interview, <laughs> just because she is just so phenomenal. Um, course on how to grow companies. I'm just kind of looking through. I see courses all the time pop up on AppSumo. So A-P-P-S-U-M-O. Oh, right. Go in there free. It's a great session. resource too. Oh, yeah. They have like a, I don't know, it's like some $1,200 course for free that's uh, done through my Teachable or through Teachable. Really great program there. I also like, you know, Udemy. I mean, they are a subscription service. I mean, you pay for the courses, but they always have sales and you can get some pretty good courses for like 10, 12, 15 12 bucks months. or less. Yeah. Sometimes free too. They have free offerings. Is it Udemy or is it Udemy? Can we decide? You no, know, I'm not sure. <laughs> I thought it was Udemy. Maybe it is Udemy. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm, sure I'm saying it wrong. But other, I've been other... watching the crown lately. So I'm saying a lot of words wrong because I'm kind of <laughs> mimicking them. Those Brits. <laughs> I'd also recommend uh, Google Analytics. Great course to be able to go through that. Oh, Get that yeah. certification for Google Analytics. Uh, I don't know whether or not it's free, but folks are looking for Salesforce certifications. I am seeing that in job descriptions that, you know, bonus if you are you know certified in Salesforce. So thinking about those types of tools, I think Mixpanel has a similar course, but definitely Google Analytics. Salesforce, you know, you can't go wrong there. But uh, anything with a certification too. I mean, if you have the time, if you have the desire, if they're offering a certificate, sign up for that sucker. Yeah. And look for it for free before you pay for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Because there's so much out there right now. Yeah, that Google Analytics Academy is, man. Yeah, a lot of stuff in there. I'm telling you, nobody knows how to nobody knows how to work Google Analytics. If you come in and you say, "I know how to," work, <laughs> like you've already yeah. earned your keep. If you're able, to, if you have that going for you, they've made some improvements over the last few years, though. Thank God, but but man, and you know, and God bless them for it. Google Analytics is free, right? You know, your founder's not having to pay for it. But it's a shame that such great data is available, but nobody knows quite how to harness it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, find that. Keep track of what you're learning. Keep track of completions. Make sure that that's getting integrated into your resume. You know, keep track of that stuff. If you're already working remotely, if you're already working for a SaaS company, whoever you report to, make them aware of it as well. Make sure you're you're saving that up for your six month review, your annual review. If your company is still doing stupid stuff like that, I have a little yeah. bit of a problem with those annual review things. But 
whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, work that into the conversation. Let folks know what it is that you're doing. Uh, because, again, they're looking to keep good talent. The same as, you know, track of milestones, hired. too. Yeah, as you learn things and apply those things to your job, keep track of those milestones. Document, document, document. Throw that in the uh, resume. It's going to help you down the, down the road. Well, I guess we've touched on about everything we can today for that. Yeah, I think we covered a lot. So remote doesn't carry the same weight that it used to. <laughs> Hopefully we're going to see that reflected in salaries. They're trying yeah. to keep good talent. You have options. You know, leverage that if you can. Um, and keep learning. On, yeah, the learning is the big thing. Yeah. Just takes your time. Not a lot of it, really. Just do it and, you know, budget it. 15, 30 minutes here or there. Or, you know, if, if you're have, if you reporting to a supportive person or, you're, you know, you're reporting to a supportive CEO, that's part of your work day. Yeah. Have that built yeah. in. You know, have time designated for that. But if not, do it on the side when you can. You work remotely. Professional development. Professional development. <laughs> All right, Kim, thanks. Yeah, it's good to see you. As always, good to see you too. And we'll be back probably next week. Yeah, we don't have a schedule. It's unofficial. So. We're unofficial. Yeah, most likely though. <laughs> have a good night, everybody. Or a good day. Or good morning. Or just bye. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> bye. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unofficial Remote Podcast with your hosts, Jeff and Kim. And if you want even more Unofficial Remote, be sure to subscribe and head over to unofficialremote.com. That's all for this episode. Please stay safe and see you next time.